This is Horsepower Happenings. Tear up the body panel, fine. You know, you can bend those. You could have destroyed the whole race car, if not worse. I don't have any problem racing each other and trading paint and moving people. I mean, that's it's a short track bull ring. This right. is not Daytona. From the MCRP studios in the Motor City. But I do know also one thing. By the time I'm his age, I'll have more than 100 wins, and I promise you that. With Zach Heiser. Fager leads him down on the bottom side of the racetrack. Moyer trying to make something happen on the top shelf. Big run. He'll cross over now down the back straightaway into turn number three. Moyer puts the binders on Fager nearly on the bike. And Rich Frank. Any progress, Zach, that they made on the last stop, they ruined on this one. So now they're really trying to get this thing off the ground. From the Motor City Racing Promotion Studios. Hey, guys, this is Ford Hodge. This is three-time Dirt Car UMP National Champion, Rusty Schlink. This is Bobby Santos. This is Travis Stemler. This is Travis Braden. This is Andrew Shai. David Melky. Josh Fry. Ryan Rule. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans. Welcome in to Horsepower Happenings, the first Monday of August. My goodness, who took our race season? Give it back. Zach Heiser, Rich France with you. We got a lot to dive into, but first, let's see what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Saturday night was family night for Stuart Friesen and his family during a modified feature race at Fonda Speedway in New York. Friesen, who competes full-time in the Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series, won a 30-lap feature on the half-mile dirt track. His wife, Jessica, finished second. After both started in the sixth row, Stuart led the final 16 laps while Jessica moved into the second position on lap 21. Kyle Larson made history Saturday night at the historic Knoxville Raceway in Iowa, becoming the first with seven consecutive wins on the Ollie's Bargain Outlet All-Star Circuit of Champions. Winning his third ASCOC race in as many nights, Larson started third and led the final 18 of 25 laps after taking the uh, the lead from pole sitter Gio Selzy. He's won the last eight starts and is 13 of 19 as of that night. His winning streak came to an end the next night, though, with a big flip in turns one and two. Leading the final 146 laps, Wisconsin native Ty Majeski went to victory lane Saturday during the 41st running of the Slinger Nationals. Elsewhere, Brandon Shepard and Jimmy Owens went to victory lane Friday night from Kokomo Speedway during night one of the two-day event for the Morton Building's World of Outlaws. The uh, rain came in and postponed Saturday's events to Sunday, which were ultimately further postponed to a date yet to be determined. Those things and so much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Welcome in. Glad to have you with us. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from the social distanced MCRP studio. Rich, what is going on? Welcome to the show. I had my tennis shoes on pavement this weekend, Zach. You know how happy I am? <laughs> you, sir, finally got to go to one of your homes on Saturday, and then you got to go back on Sunday. Yeah, but that wasn't the plan, but that's the way it ended up working out. This weekend, the Arca Menard Series had a couple of home games of sorts with the Arca office located in the Toledo area. It was a short trip to the Toledo Speedway uh, for a doubleheader of 200 lap events on Friday and Saturday. Uh, as often can occur, the best laid plans sometimes need to be altered, Zach. The series kicked off their weekend on Friday for the first Arca Menards 200. Uh, early in the event, it seemed to be Chandler Smith's to lose, but after the first round of competition caution pit stops, Sam Mayer drove his GMS Racing number 21 to the front of the field. Mayer would have the car to beat, even holding off a feisty Ty Gibbs following a late race restart. It would be Mayer's first ever Arca Menard Series victory. 
and then on Saturday, the teams returned to the Glass City Oval to compete in round two of the doubleheader. Uh, but it didn't go off as planned. After six laps, precipitation, rain, all right, began falling. We'll say that. I, I, I can't say precipitation very well. Uh, rain began falling and uh, really made it difficult to dry all afternoon as the mist just wouldn't go away. And they rescheduled the remainder of the event for Sunday. Uh, but, Zach, during the rain delay, I did take a trip through the pit area and caught up with Sam Mayer and we talked about his victory on Friday. Well, back in the pit area at the Toledo Speedway uh, during the rain delay on Saturday afternoon and uh, caught up with our winner from last night in the Menards 200, Sam Mayer. Uh, Sam, awesome run last night. Yeah, I, it was definitely a run to remember. Uh, getting my first Arkham Menard Series win is definitely going to be very special, and I'll, I'll definitely remember it for the rest of my career and the rest of my life. Uh, I really can't thank GMS enough for putting together a car like this uh, that we could go out and win and a fashion like that. Uh, I can't thank our Chevrolet uh, team enough for uh, helping support me and, uh, and for everything they do. Car looked pretty decent the first part of the race, but after that first stop, uh, it kind of woke that race car up because obviously from that point on, your car was the best out there. Yeah, we were just waiting for the racetrack to come to me. My crew chief, Marty Lindley, uh, is probably one of the smartest men out here, and uh, he knew the track would tighten up like it did, and uh, it really kind of fell in our hands perfectly. It, it, our our hand was perfect, and uh, I really can't thank him enough for doing that. And uh, I really am excited that we got the win with the Why Not You Foundation, uh, Russell Wilson's foundation for inspiring kids uh, to be leaders of tomorrow. And it's uh, definitely very special to win with all these foundations and have the opportunity with them. And uh, I can't thank Armagar as well uh, enough because uh, they support me as well, and uh, I wouldn't be able to do it without them. Late in the race, you did have to fight off Ty Gibbs on a on a restart, uh, but obviously your car was much better on the bottom of the track. Yeah, this is definitely a bottom groove track, and having the restart power of being the leader is definitely uh, what got us out front and kept us out there. Uh, our car was really, really strong. Like I said, the track came to us in a perfect way, and uh, I really can't thank everyone enough with Drivers at Development for helping me learn all these things that I uh, I have learned over the last year and a half, and uh, overall has gotten me to victory lane, and I really can't thank them all enough. So we can put tomorrow to bed. That's your first one. Uh, you got six laps in today. Then the rains came. Uh, were you able to see get any idea of what you got today? Yeah, our car pretty much started off the exact way it ended yesterday, and uh, the way it ended yesterday was really darn good. So hopefully it can stay like that. Hopefully the track uh, stays pretty consistent throughout today. I mean. Uh, the weather's not going to change too much, uh, other than hopefully it stopped raining. But I think it's going to be uh, pretty cloudy all day, so hopefully the track stays the same. Uh, but um, I think we're going to be ready for anything that happens, and we're hopefully going to get in victory lane again today. Well, Sam, congratulations. Uh, maybe we'll talk again in a little while. And uh, also walking through the pit area, I, I didn't have a problem walking in the rain. It was the only thing I had to do on Saturday. Uh, I was also able to catch up with a young man we're used to seeing on the super late model circuit, Derek Griffith. And uh, the guy that calls for shots for him, uh, former NASCAR championship crew chief, Paul Andrews. Well, we're walking through the pit area during the rain delay at the Toledo Speedway and caught up with the driver of the 22 machine, Derek Griffith, just sitting out here uh, on a four-wheeler, uh, relaxing. Uh, how'd your night go last night? And did you get any idea of, in the first uh, six laps of this event uh, what kind of car you got for today? Yeah, we're, we're, I think we're in pretty good shape. Um, yesterday, we struggled a little bit with uh, a good feel for the car, but 
I think we, um, I mean, uh, we only got really one green flag lap and uh, it felt pretty good on the outside there. We started sixth and um, a little bit more comfortable today. I know these guys worked hard this morning to, to get it changed up and, uh, you know, make some speed. And, you know, this place is a racy, racy little racetrack. And uh, it, uh, I like I like the way it's, you know, how it races and uh, looking forward to hopefully getting some laps in soon. <laughs> You got, you got a lot of help here and a lot of experience from this gentleman over here, Paul Andrews. Uh, tell me how much that means to you to have somebody with this kind of experience. Oh, it's huge. I mean, we talked about, we talked about this a bunch. I mean, he's been so, uh, so well known and very, uh, very good history. You know, I mean, uh, worked with Alan and uh, that was probably one of the coolest things I talk about all the time is, you know, we were part of the Kiwiki program and won a cup championship with Alan. So, I mean, that's unreal you know so to be racing uh racing with him means a lot to to me so um but yeah definitely have a good good crowd behind me you know chad and the, the whole crew and it's uh everyone's everyone's usually pretty happy and we have a we have a good time so it's cool paul how is it uh, nowadays uh not having to deal with the nascar scene you know we talked to kenny wallace uh, on the show last year and he said i just couldn't do it anymore uh now you get to work with kids and and, and develop them how important is that I think that's one of the, one of the neatest things about what we're doing now. You know, uh, I enjoy the NASCAR the, the NASCAR racing in, but uh, I enjoy this a lot also. You know, having to be being able to work with young drivers, I always enjoyed that. Even in the past, even my history with uh, a lot of first time winners on the, on the Cup side. You know, I have a lot of that, and then uh, but I enjoy it right now, trying to help the, these guys get to the next step and help them to develop themselves and develop their skills. You know, they obviously have skills and talent to get here. You know, and just trying to get them point it off in the right direction to, to uh, you know, further their talent, further their skills, and try to get them to, to go to that next step, you know. And is it, you kind of want to do this for a while, or are you, are you having fun doing it? Oh, I definitely have fun doing it. I mean, that's why I've, I've been, I've always had fun racing and, and working and racing, and that's kind of done it all my life. So uh, I don't know what else to do, right? <laughs> you got to eat, right? And, uh, yeah, but I enjoy doing this a lot. Uh, you know, I don't know uh, when the end of it is, end is happening, but, uh, you know, right now I'm not even, that it's not even in my, my sight. Right. Derek, you got some smarts over here. Help you out. Hope we go back to green. Hope you have a good day today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hope so, too. And, Zach, the teams returned on Sunday to com- complete the final 194 laps. But, as we said earlier, that didn't go as planned either. Uh, on the start, pole sitter Ty Gibbs seemed to have the car to beat as he stretched out over a second lead uh, on outside pole sitter Chandler Smith. But, once again, the competition caution flew as a lap 75 and that seemed to change things. Uh, Mayer's car once again came to life, and after getting by Smith, he set his sights on Gibbs. Uh, A caution for precipitation at lap 103, tightened the field one more time, and on the restart at lap 117, it was Mayer working the top side and getting around Gibbs for the race lead. Three laps later, Gibbs would make his bid to get back underneath Mayer going into turn three, Well, Gibbs couldn't find the grip that Mayer had and spun his number 18 Monster Energy Toyota in turn four, bringing out the caution. Uh, Rain returned to the speedway during the caution, this time for good. Uh, On lap 127, Mayer was declared the winner and collected the weekend sweep. And I caught up with Sam to get his thoughts in victory lane following his second win of the weekend. Well, standing down in victory lane at Toledo Speedway at the end of the Menards 200 presented by Crosley Brands. Talked to this young man yesterday, picked up his first ARCA Series win on Friday. Sam, couple long days, but you put it in victory lane again here on Sunday at Toledo. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely been a long weekend, but obviously it's worth it because we got two wins out of it. 
Uh, my first two wins ever in the Arkham Nard series, and that's definitely very special uh, to get it at the a nice racetrack like Toledo that's really uh, famous and well-known. So uh, it's definitely very special. I can't thank Chevrolet and uh, Armor Guard for everything they do for me, uh, GMS and Driver's Edge Development as well, because uh, their partnership is definitely very special, and it's brought me here today in the first place. So definitely can't thank them enough. And the Why Not You Foundation as well for coming on the car this weekend and letting them letting up them. Uh, that's definitely very special. As they said. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's definitely a very special weekend. Uh, Getting two wins for a really great foundation. And uh, uh, the foundation's all about trying to inspire young kids to be the leaders of tomorrow. And this is definitely a way to do it to show uh, us working really hard and end up winning. It's been a long couple days fighting the rain. You kind of knew it was coming. Uh, on that restart, you had to do whatever you could do to get by Ty. Talk about uh, how hard you worked on that pass and then what happened down in three and four. Yeah, it was the track really, to be honest, I don't think was ready to go. I mean, you saw it. What happened down in three and four was Ty got on the yellow line and paint gets really wet and slippery when it's wet. So uh, it definitely wasn't ready in that sort of sense, but we had to go and do what we had to do. And he got on the paint, got loose, and I never touched him. We never made contact. It was a really clean race. Um, so, I mean, it, yeah, it's just unfortunate that uh, he got that taken away from him just because of the racetrack. But uh, I'll take it. I'll take a win when I can get it. Uh, seeing I only have two in my career. Um, so hopefully we can go to Daytona in a couple weeks and go, go three in a row there. Yeah, Toledo a little bit different than Daytona. Daytona is going to present a different set of problems. Uh, yeah, Daytona is going to be interesting. I don't know how many corners, 14. And uh, it's, it's definitely going to be really fun going out there. I love road racing. It's, definitely, it's my background, so uh, I love it in that sort of sense. But also it's uh, just really fun. So hopefully they can go out there and win as well. Well, congratulations here at Toledo, picking up your first two wins. We'll see you down the road. And the Arkham Menard Series returns to action this Sunday at Michigan International Speedway for the VizCom 200. Obviously, Zach, without race fans. And the next Sioux Chief Showdown event will be on Friday, August 14th at the Daytona International Speedway Road Course. Uh, and Zach, in his last six starts, Sam Mayer has two wins, two seconds, a third, and a fourth. I might. I think he may have this racing thing kind of figured out. And uh, before we move on, I have to give a big shout-out uh, to ARCA Communications Director Charlie Crawl. Charlie paved the way for me this weekend to get what I needed. He was a great help all weekend, and uh, I promised we'd get him on the show soon. So thank you very much, Charlie, for all your help. Yeah, we'll have to make that happen. Well, while you were playing around in uh, Toledo, Galesburg Speedway officials were making plans and announced that they have come to a lease agreement with M40 Speedway in Jones, Michigan. For the remainder of the 2020 season, the first event will be a practice session scheduled for tomorrow, Tuesday, followed by a full race program this Friday night. Template late models, street stocks, outlaw front-wheel drives, and Berg stocks will be in action. Race time is at 7 o'clock, and face masks are required. And, Rich, there has been a little bit of, I don't want to call it pushback, but some concern about Galesburg's classes racing on a Friday night and their drivers being able to get out in time. The 7 o'clock start time is new as of today to help with that. Officials also said that they don't want to move the M40 events to Saturday in case they can get back to racing at Galesburg here in 2020. Yeah, this is this is obviously strictly about where we can race and where we can't, Zach. Uh, obviously, Cass County... Um, hasn't had as many problems down there and 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 are going to let them race that is 
awesome. I'm for all tracks being able to open because they sure aren't uh, they sure aren't able to get anything done in Kalamazoo County at this time. Right. Well, you know what? We'll look to see what they can do. Hopefully that goes off well for them down at M40. Nice little joint, man. M40 is a cool little track, so I hope it goes well. Also, yeah, we made a trip there last year. We did, yes, uh, Hall- yeah. right around Halloween. So, um, Pretty cool news this week, Rich. You've got some friends who are now part of the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame. The following individuals were selected by an anonymous vote of the past inductees, past board members, and current board members of the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame. Who are some of the folks that are in? Well, here's the first couple, Zach. Scott Deal of Fenton was rec- is being recognized for his accomplishments as a mechanic and car chief, not only in the short track world, but on the high banks of NASCAR and the Cup Series for such drivers as Tim Fidoa, Jeff Burton, and Tony Stewart. And then also Rusty Daggett of Clio is being recognized for his lifelong involvement and interest in auto racing. And he just recently retired from the Auto City Speedway after 50 years of service to the track as their flagman. Also uh, getting set to go in, John Bugensky, I believe I'm saying that right, John Bugensky of Clawson was a partner and crew chief to the 2002 Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame inductee Bob Seibert, who was a team, or who as a team was a multi-time NHRA national event winner. Also going in, Arlen Fadley, who partnered with John on a uh, competition eliminator dragster for a time and is a former NHRA Division Three modified champion, also going in to the Hall of Fame. Rich, who else is in? Uh, Danny Kellermeyer of Hanover started out in go-karts at the age of seven before going into drag racing in the late 60s, later moving to stock cars, but more notably racing Corvettes uh, and being involved in Corvette racing from 1989 until present day. Danny has been building and racing competitive Corvettes for SCCA that have competed in the SCCA regionals, nationals, and the Rolex 24. And then Dana Wiltsey uh, could also be found on the back of a snowmobile rocketing around the tracks uh, starting at age 12. He's an accomplished snowmobile racer from the Sioux I-500 and is active in the snowmobile community, having served on the MISA and MIRA and the Snowmobile Advisory Committee. Other drivers or members going in, Dick Krupp, who bought his first race car at the age of 18 back in 1957. His first race was at Butler Motor Speedway. He then raced at tracks like Manchester, Angola, Spartan, and Jackson, just to name a few. Chet Miller's going in. He was born in 1902 and ran his first race in 1924 before going to Indianapolis in 1928. Uh, Chet made 19 attempts at the glory of the big race with his best finish, in 1938 with a third place finish he did lose his life at indianapolis in 1953 with a crash during practice elton schrader was also a standout in the modifieds at berlin back in the mid 60s elton uh, raced nearly 30 speedways all over the tri-state area as well as the famed classic at oswego new york over his career and was always known as a fast runner he completed his career back in 1984 and uh, ron allen is an eight-time late model sportsman champion uh, on the lightning fast Toledo Speedway. He also has a pair of Flat Rock Speedway street stock championships and a late model championship at Toledo back in 2002. Uh, Ron has competed in 75 Iceman Supercar Series events and has amassed, I know I'm close, about 145 feature wins. uh, And he's only the third driver in ARCA history to have over 100 feature wins. And a friend of the program, want to say congratulations to Ron on going in to the Hall of Fame. Great work, 
and uh, glad to have been able to talk to you before you were Hall of Fame status. Um, Brett Mann, want to say congratulations to him. He's had a highly successful career in Michigan sprint car racing with six championships and over 80 feature wins. Sits fifth for the all-time feature wins for the sprints on dirt. And uh, he's going in, so congratulations to Brett. He still owns a car. As of uh, right now, Lyndon Jones has been piloting that thing here in 2020. So uh, we'll see if Brett gets back behind the wheel here this year. Speaking of 2020, unfortunately, with the restrictions on gatherings, there will be no formal induction ceremony to celebrate the fine examples of motorsport success. The Board of Directors has voted to honor these individuals in November of 2021 when they honor the class of 2021, which we which will be selected late next fall or early summer, or excuse me, late next spring or early summer, sometime around May or June. A lot going in this year, Zach, uh, <laughs> and a lot of deserving individuals. Yeah, some great names going into the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame, so congratulations to them. Some drivers you might see this weekend could be in the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame. Where? Merritt Speedway, Rich. What a weekend coming up in Lake City. Well, we, we're going to preview this thing, and... Um, you know, we're going to kind of go down the list, but because there are no less than eight or nine or 10 drivers that can put their name in victory lane and and, and grab that $10,000 prize this Saturday night at Merritt. Yeah, so for those who don't know, maybe you're not in tune with dirt late model racing or you've been living under a rock, the uh, Wood Tick celebration coming up this weekend, Friday and Saturday at Merritt Speedway in Lake City, Michigan. This is also the Dan Soleil Memorial. Rich, almost $70,000 in purse money is on the line this weekend from qualifying to just having a pretty car to all the way down, uh, you know, to even if you don't make the show, you're going to make some money this weekend if you drive a late model uh, modified. You know, there's money across the board. But let's focus on the late model side of things because Saturday is also a challenge series race with $10,000 to win that $10,000 championship prize as well. This thing is going to be off the rails Friday and Saturday at Merritt Speedway. And I don't know who to pick to go to victory lane. Well, Zach, I think we have to start out uh, the man that's been on fire lately, Travis Stemmler. Uh, it, it took him a while to get his first Challenge Series win. Well, Zach, four wins in a row ending this event. Tri-City, Merritt, I-96, and Thunderbird. All different types of tracks the last two weeks. He's won them all. Plus, he's your current Challenge Series point leader. Uh, you got to be looking at Travis Stemmler. Yeah, he's on a roll right now. And, and that's the thing is when you're hot, you're hot. <clears throat> Excuse me. And... Uh He's definitely on fire right now, as you said. But uh, I got to go with Chad Finley. I'm not picking him to win necessarily, but when you look at what he's done, uh, I believe he's up to five wins now because I believe that he won on uh, Saturday night, did he not, at Merritt Speedway? Yep, he picked up another win at Merritt Speedway, and he's the current UMP late model points leader at Merritt. So he's been running there every single week. And, and he's got that number 42 uh, strutmaster.com machine rolling. Well, let's talk about somebody uh, from McClure, Ohio, defending wood tick winner, uh, you know, 74 laps of clean, green, and dominating machine last year. He and three other drivers finished on the lead lap during last year's event. So Rusty Schlenk has got to be toward the top of your list if you're betting on someone this weekend. Yeah, and he already picked up a $10,000 win this year, so it seems like just add a couple zeros and Rusty Slank shows up with a car that uh, is just awesome. That's, a seem, that's how it seems to, to work. But he won the last $10,000 Challenge Series event four weeks ago at Merritt, 
having another one again, you got to put him up there. Let's not forget about Dona Marcoulier. I think this could be, and, and, and this is weird to say, Dona Marcoulier could be a little bit of a sleeper, Rich. Now, the Marcoulier name and the wood tick, they go hand in hand, right? So before Dona hit the scene, they were winning races with Marcouliers, and uh, now Dona's got the scene, and, and he's winning races. When it's a wood tick race, Dona Marcoulier is a driver you're going to have to compete with. Two Challenge Series wins here in 2020, but he doesn't come to the top of my list right now as a driver that could go to victory lane this weekend. Well, he went through a couple weeks where he had to fix up some torn-up race cars. I don't think he had one complete one in the shop. Uh, he finally got through all that over a couple of weeks, and uh, and he's been right on point all over again. So, no, I think Dona Marcoulier can very well win uh, $10,000 on Saturday night. Well, and let's not forget about some of the favorites, right? David Melke, uh, 2019 defending track champion at, at Merritt Speedway. Uh, how about Logan Nickerson, right? He, he used to hate Merritt. But now he started to have some respect for the racetrack, and it's showing as he starts to find some success there. Cody Bauer has a win there in 2020. And then, of course, our guest from last week, Brandon Thurlby, he talked about how he needs to get back to victory lane. They're hating the fact that he's going through a dry spell, so he's fired up now more than ever. And like you mentioned, all of those drivers that you just mentioned, Zach, all have wins in 2020. How do you pick one out? I don't know. But uh, one guy you have to go back to and you can't sleep on this guy because if you do, he'll come back and bite you. And that's Eric Spangler. Uh, he's had a rough start. To, he hasn't picked up a win this year. Uh, he's running in the top five all over the place, uh, but still having problems. Running second, getting a flat tire. Running in the top five, uh, getting into an incident. Uh, I mean, Eric Spangler has not forgotten, forgot how to drive a race car, and he knows Merritt Sweep Speedway as good as anybody well how about that run last weekend rich that you brought us you covered in the uh the wood or the uh excuse me challenge series race from last weekend came from double digits back in the field to end up on the podium that's a guy who knows how to get around Merritt speedway 19th to second is impressive for anybody and you know if the caution would have come out i don't know that he wouldn't have gotten that first win of 2020 uh, a couple of weeks ago so uh Eric Spangler, he's still got the talent. He can still pull this thing off as well, too. Well, if we had to go through that list, Rich, and pick one that goes to victory lane, this is kind of like when we call races together, who do you think, and this is way too early predictions, you haven't seen cars on track in almost, uh, you know, since the since the Challenge Series race, so over a week, right? Who do you think goes to victory lane for the big $10,000 to win show on Saturday? Am I betting real money, Zach? Well, no, we'll, we'll worry about that on the side. <laughs> Um, if it, if it's play money, I'll probably go with, um, I got to go with your defending champion. I mean, you can't take it away from him. He won $10,000 a year ago and won $10,000 about four weeks ago. So, uh, there's a guy that shows up for big events. If I'm betting real money where it counts, I think I'm taking Travis Stemmler. Wow. Uh, the guy is on fire everywhere he goes. He is fast now. Uh, that Anklam Racing number four team has got things sorted out on that machine, and he is having fun driving that race car. I'm a little concerned that Chad Finley hasn't gone to victory lane on a Challenge Series night at Merritt Speedway yet. It's all been house division racing, not to take anything away from the house late models that show up at Merritt, but when the money's on the line, for some reason, Finley isn't there. I'm going to go and uh, go out on a limb just a little bit 
And I'm going to take the M14 of Brandon Thurlby. I think he gets it done this weekend. He is not happy with one win on 2020, and it's a family affair, meaning that he's fired up. He wants to go to Victory Lane for his girlfriend Leah and for their family. He wants to win this big event. I don't think, Rich, he's won the Dan Soleil Memorial in its three years that it's been in operation, so he would love to be able to do that and celebrate big with his family. Yeah, I, I don't know how you pick, really, if you want to be serious. I mean, we're kidding around with this, but, you know, Chad Finley, the way he's been running this year, absolutely can win this show. Right. Uh, hands down, he can. I mean, the list we – anybody on that list. any Cody Bauer has had an outstanding – that car, he got that new domination race car machine flying wherever he goes now, and he's got a chance to win. it. You know, a break here and there that falls your way – that's all it takes in these long races. And that's the fun uh, that's the so. fun thing about this event, Rich, is it's a long race and it's at a racetrack that no one really has hands down dominated this year. Merritt Speedway has seen a lot of different winners so far this season. I think really, you know, put your fake money or your real money where your mouth is, it's anybody's game. And they've run on a few different race surfaces at Merritt this year. So it really a lot of it's going to depend what they have for a surface that they're going to run run the feature on yeah. and and who can adapt to that surface some guys don't like dry slick some other some guys do some guys like it to rubber up some guys don't yep uh we'll have to see how Merritt Speedway ends up when it's time for that $10,000. Well, we're going to talk more in depth about some of the uh, behind-the-scenes work that goes into the Dan Soleil Memorial and Wood Tick celebration coming up this weekend. Leah Soleil on the other side. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Horsepower Happenings. When the call sounds from race control. Hello, yellow, yellow, bottom of one. Yellow, 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 bottom of one. Top motorsport sanctions rely on the elite team of industry professionals for Motor City Racing Promotions to respond. Highly trained men and women in uniform systematically arrive on scene with their advanced fleet of safety vehicles equipped for the toughest jobs. Hours of annual training and practice are executed with precision as the task is rapidly performed in unison. Each official on the MCRP safety team is SFI certified in short track incident response and demonstrates a comprehensive background in motorsports, firefighting, and emergency medical services. It is their own appreciation of this sport and its growing need for professional motorsports rescue that has been the catalyst behind MCRP Safety Team's impeccable portfolio. For more information on Motor City Racing Promotion Safety Team, log on to MotorCityRacing.co and look for the MCRP badge at a track near you. Racers know now more than ever, and, and let me tell you, if you don't have one, you're already behind for the 2020 season, but, but listen up, there's a chance. Money should be spent wisely, and you need ease of use at the racetrack as well. Insert Hubco Metal Fabrication, racer-owned and operated. Luke Hubble knows the value of good quality products at a fair price. Right now, 24-inch pit lifts with a hydraulic pump start at just $875. Upgrades like powder coating, LED lights, and a waterproof pump cart are available. To place an order, simply find Hubco on Facebook. Log on to hubcolifts.com or you can call 269 838 0029. Hi, this is Parker Unsoft, driver of the Cook Finley Racing Camp. You're listening to Horsepower Happenings. Welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Zach Heiser, Rich France with you. And uh, we just got done, Rich, previewing the Dan Soleil Memorial Wood Tick 
looked at all the drivers that could go to victory lane, and, and, and we could dive back into that again, but we shouldn't. It's time to talk about the bread and butter of the weekend. Introduce us to our next guest. And Zach, we're so proud to have our next, next guest on the program. Uh, she has a huge week coming up at Merritt Speedway, as we said. Not only for the Woodtick, but the third annual Dan Soleil Memorial will once again be held this weekend. She is the heart and soul of this event, and the work she puts in is unbelievable. She is the much better half of a guest we had on last <laughs> week, and I'll pay for that this weekend. Uh, Leah Soleil, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Thank you guys so much for having me, and thanks for that little comment there. <laughs> <laughs> now, Leah, it's, it's that time of year again. Uh, you know, Zach and I have been very fortunate to be able to be around and cover this event since you guys started it and, and kind of be involved in it. How's the stress level this week, and uh, how's it going to be around Thursday or Friday? Um, I, I'm pretty good right now. I uh, had a couple meltdowns this weekend, and um, a couple things got lost in the mail, uh. got delivered to someone else's address, so I'm trying to work around that right now. But um, I'm doing – I think someone commented on Saturday to me, you you seem – oh, it was Lauren Milky. She said, you seem pretty uh, calm for this time of year. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I feel pretty good. I've, you know, I've done it for three years now, so – I think I kind of got the hang of it a little bit. Um, by the time Thursday comes along, I think I'm I'm already anxious. I'm going to need a Xanax probably. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I feel I feel good. Everything everything pretty much has gone pretty smooth. Everyone's been really really great again, just like always. Um, we have raised so much money considering the circumstances of COVID. I am just blown away. This is the biggest year we've had. I mean, we only had, a, I think, a month and a half since Mike and I talked and said, hey, we're going to do this. And it is insane how many people have just came and came to me and gave me money and said, we'll do this. Or, you know, at the race on Saturday, everyone was just, we'll do anything you need. Just let us know. Just let us know. You know, so many people are so helpful and I cannot be more grateful for our racing community up here. It's amazing. Now, before we get into the, the money, let's talk about, you know, we had Brandon on the show last week uh, and we talked about the many people that your dad touched and helped out in the pit area. And it really has to make you so proud to be able to carry his memory and, and receive all the support you do from this event. Yeah, it is. It's, it's great. Um, Every week, you know, it seems like someone's like, oh, your dad did this, and it's a new story that I haven't heard. And this next weekend, it seems like everybody has something good to say about him. I mean, it, it's it's just crazy how much I didn't even realize how many people he helped or did something for or talked to, you know, people that I don't even know. They're like, oh, yeah, your dad did this and said this, and we used to talk, and I'm like, I don't even know you. So <laughs> he, um, yeah, it is, it's just overwhelming it really is it it's just amazing how many people actually cared and still do care for him after he's been gone almost three years it's just i i can't even put it into words really leah talk to me about how this event came about uh, so three years ago uh, i believe the first one was held at i-96 in conjunction with a uh, summer nationals race how did this come about to have a race to honor your dad um, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. I mean, it was kind of like a, you know, a lot of people, not a lot, some people do this in memory of a family member or something. I've seen it downstate or out of state a lot. 
um, you see memorial races and um, it, I don't know. I just thought this would be the best way to honor him. You know, that's what he, he lived, eat, breathe racing all the time, no matter what. I mean, he was, I get upset when we don't race. My dad was, he wouldn't talk to Brandon for days <laughs> if we didn't go <laughs> racing. It was, it was, you know, I get, Brandon has to live with me. He didn't, you know, it's way worse with me, but with my dad, it just, he just loved it. And I thought this would be my family members and I, we just, we thought, oh, this would be the greatest thing. You know, he would, he would love it. He, that's all he loved to do was race all the time. So I just, I think it's the best way to remember him. You know, as Rich said, we talked to Brandon last week and he said, if you show up at Merritt over the weekend, you will walk away with money. It doesn't, if your car hits the track, you'll walk away with money. And last post for Merritt Speedway today, almost $70,000 in purse money is available this weekend. Talk to me about how that grew so substantially. You already said we only had like a month and a half to get this around, Um, you know, that is a huge chunk of change. And I want to preface that, Leah, by saying I know there are going to be people out there who go, well, the late model challenge series race pays $10,000 to win already. That's still almost $60,000 in additional purse money, Leah, that you've helped raise. Talk about that. Yeah. It, so, I, like I said, there's just so many people, you know, as soon as we posted it, it was like I could not keep up with the people that wanted to sponsor it. I was on the phone with my brother Josh when I was getting all this money around and I'm like, I don't even know what to do with all this money. I, you know, this year we just accepted money. We didn't really say, Hey, pick something. We kind of just put it where we thought would be great. And so it was a lot harder for me to be like, well, this, this, so I used, I don't know that random number, number organizer thing on Mm -hmm. Google. Mm -hmm. I just said, okay, this is how many spots there are. Let's pick a spot. And it would say, position 19 and I'd say oh here's a hundred dollars position 19 that's kind of how I did it I didn't really have a rhyme or reason on anything um we knew that the odd and even features needed a little bit more to it you know you race 25 laps for two hundred dollars to win normally and a hundred dollars to start so we thought why don't we make that a little bit bigger um Mike also had the idea of adding a dash for cash for late models for the last race of the night we had extra money we didn't really know what to do with so a thousand dollars for 10 laps is pretty amazing i hope that race is gonna be (laughs) i'm i know it's gonna be phenomenal you know they got your top six qualifiers and the fastest guys we have in michigan and going to be uh <laughs> they're going to be out for blood for that one yeah that's the first um, so it'll be yeah. nice to watch that's the first yeah, i've heard of that dollars, we aren't going to have any race cars left yeah six cars <laughs> you know that's wow that's the first i've heard of that that is going to be an amazing race right there yeah yeah so it just in like i said everyone has been so great and it's it's a good problem to have too much money i guess but <laughs> um we found spots for everything every um, the late models have the lap money um, for their feature. They also have lap money to lead the odd and even features. Um, the mods we also did a little bit for, not as much as as normal. Um, it seems like more people want to sponsor the late model stuff. I, so I kind of threw a little bit at the mods, but um, it, it's just so much to keep track of for both classes for me, and I just thought it would be easier to kind of focus on late models. They 
they seem to enjoy it. Uh, the fans seem to enjoy it a lot more, and the sponsors love to sponsor the late model class. So that's what I just chose to do this year. So obviously we have the, the odd even features, as you mentioned, $1,000 to win Dash for Cash, $10,000 to win main event for the late models. What are, what are some other money highlights? And, and you know, um, I believe there's heat race money involved this weekend for some classes. Give me, give me some more highlights, Leah, of ways that drivers can just show up, be on track, and make some money. Um, yeah, yeah. Just like Brandon said, every time a late mile is on the track, they can win money. The fast qualifier gets $550 for late model. We are also doing a best appearing car. The fans, I think that's how we're going to do it. They're going to vote $100 just, just to have a pretty car, I guess. <laughs> um, heat winners, um, will get $200 a piece. And the odd even features now pay a thousand dollars to win them instead of two hundred. Um, second place in those is also paying two fifty on top of whatever Mike pays. Um, so that's that's pretty um, pretty great. The thousand dollars to win it, it's insane going from two hundred to a thousand. Um, and just like I said, random positions throughout the whole the um, odd even. You could win, I think the highest is 300 for one spot. It's just kind of random. Um, and then the feature also has extra money. Um, and let's see, the mods pay 250 for their fast time and little things here and there. But we do a tough luck award for $50. A longest tow, whoever travels the farthest, gets $75. Not much, but, you know, anytime they're out there, they get money. And the one thing that I also want to mention is um, we are doing B main non-transfer. So if you don't make the, the A main, the first four positions after what we take to the feature get $250 a piece. So not just their normal tow money. They get pretty much almost starting money for, you know, just not making the feature. So that's really cool. And now, now also something that's kind of got my interest and that may make me bring a bunch of money, is this uh, <laughs> silent auction that you're going to have. Uh, because I I love memorabilia, and anything I can get uh, get off a race car would be cool. Explain that, because you're going to try and raise some money with that silent auction. Yeah, yeah. So all the money we raise from anything this weekend, T-shirt sales, silent auction. We're also going to have the drivers um, do a helmet pass to the fans. Um, all of that gets donated to the American Cancer Association, which... My father had liver cancer, so we wanted to kind of honor him by doing that. Um, the last couple of years, we've donated, I'm pretty sure, $2,500 just from our money from the helmet pass and the silent auction. So that's really nice to do. Um, this year, we have a bunch of stuff. I mean, um, we are doing a Rusty Schlink has a door panel he's bringing. A lot of drivers do. Normally, I, I find out Friday, oh, we're going to have this. I know Dona has got a hold of me. He's having a door panel. David Milky, um, Brandon will obviously have one in there. Um, my brother has gotten a Kent Robinson door panel, a uh, Mason Ziegler door panel, a Ricky Weiss door panel. I mean, drivers that don't race up here, but wow. um, some well-known people. Um, we have little gift baskets that people are throwing in. And I also had some cornhole boards made that have Brandon, Brandon's wrap on them. Oh. So we're going to put one in the auction and then we're also going to give one away, um, to people who buy t-shirts. So it's just so much stuff. I mean, I never know what, how much we have until it's the day of, and 
Saturday is the day of the silent auction, so make sure you guys are there. That those cornhole <laughs> this weekend is going to cost me more and oh, more already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those those cornhole boards are going to raise some money right there. I, I'm I'm wanting. To, uh, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're pretty popular, so I thought that'd be a great way to get people to bid on. And Brandon's door last year, I think, went for almost five hundred dollars. Wow. It's, just crazy how how people the fans there are just amazing they love this thing and last year it was kind of a last minute thing we decided to do this year we've had a little bit more planning so hopefully we have a lot more stuff than last year i think we did 30 items last year this year i'm hoping to have at least 50 so So, rich rich no 20s no 50s just bring the hundreds and you'll be okay <laughs> that's what it's i'm bringing the motorhome and a bunch of hundreds that's all i can do <laughs> sounds good uh, leah this is an awesome event obviously uh you know the wood tick has such a rich history and then to be able to uh you know pair this up with your dance memorial race how awesome uh i can just imagine how full the pits are going to be how much racing action fans are going to get to witness um and it is such a cool event i know albeit stressful for you uh, a lot of fun when the final checkered flag waves and it's all over and you can kind of look back and go, this is awesome. We did a great thing. Yes, yes. Um, Friday night, I kind of get to let loose a little bit after, you know, the stress of Friday. And then I'm like, oh, okay, it's kind of over. So Saturday when it's all over, it it's just a, a feeling that I can't explain. It's it's amazing and it just makes me think of my dad and how proud he is of me. It's It's great. Leah, is there still time for folks if, uh, you know, maybe due to COVID they would rather not go to the races? Can they still donate to this? Can they still participate in some way if they would not like to be at the racetrack? Yeah, absolutely. I have a PayPal account account set up just for this. Um, So anybody that wants to donate any kind of money just towards the American Cancer Association, we will definitely take and. um, yeah, so I, if they want to contact me, I can get them that PayPal information. I don't know it offhand, but um, yeah, what's so the, what's the that best would way be to, wonderful. What's the best way to contact you, Leah? Uh, probably Facebook, yeah. Okay. I, I answer Facebook pretty easy. So Zach and I are, you know, we can't show favorites through this whole thing. I mean, we, we've known a lot of you guys for years, but we're just kind of worried about who's going to lead lap 25 and 50. That's what we're excited about. <laughs> that's, where, that's where our money's going. I, I, I kind of hope I, I, it's somebody I, you know, live with. So we'll see. <laughs> well, Leah, thanks for, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, thanks for all of your work and your family's work to make this event go off. And, uh, you know, it was so cool to see all this come about. And uh, we're, we're excited to see what Friday and Saturday brings. It's going to be a great show. So good luck. Thank you so much, and thanks so much for having me. You guys are always so great and supporting, and I appreciate it a lot. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, we'll go from Leah, who promotes one huge event a year, to a pair of racing families, uh, well, a pair from a racing family, who are going to start promoting a racetrack year-round. We'll talk about that more coming up. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Horsepower. If you're searching for a weekly podcast that features local results, news, and insight, then your search stops with Horsepower Happenings. Every Monday night, Zach Heiser and Rich France break down the week in motorsports, from NASCAR to the world of outlaws. Then they go over what's happening in the Great Lakes region. Plus, they sit down with industry professionals, including drivers, car owners, track 
promoters, and more. Find a complete broadcast schedule and more information at horsepowerhappenings.com. And follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking to solve a suspension issue on your current vehicle? Suspension Max is a service and solution-based manufacturer of automotive suspension and specialty parts. Based out of Bay City, Michigan, Suspension Max has been serving the automotive aftermarket as well as engineers since 2002 and produces specialty suspension components for original equipment manufacturers and government contracts. To learn more about what they can do for you, give them a call at 1-888-629-9226 or go to suspensionmax.com. Suspension Max, the leveling kit experts. Hi, this is Ray Warren. I'm a driver of the Express Group number 03 Chevrolet. You're listening to Horsepower Hotline. Welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Already so much information unpacked in the show. What a lot of fun we've had. And time for our final interviews on the night, Rich. And it's not just one person. We've got a twofer for our final interview tonight. Let us know who we're talking to. Yeah, Zach, exactly. And uh, some huge news coming out of Mason, Michigan this weekend. Uh, starting in October, Corrigan Oil Speedway uh, will be under new management. And I'm proud to introduce the new owners and promoters of Corrigan Oil Speedway. Uh, they make their home in Dansville, Michigan. Tom and Tracy Hernley, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hi, glad to be here. Absolutely. Now, first of all, guys, uh, congratulations. Tom, we'll start with you. It's been a couple of days later now. Has the reality set in? Well, I think I don't know if it could totally set in, almost kind of like a big race win. But, you know, it's something we've been working on for a while now. And, and I can tell you the support that we've received over the last couple days and it, and it continues even today and i'm sure probably you know in the future has been just uh, really overwhelming and certainly uh you know appreciated for sure now tracy um you get the tough question uh this this is really a tough time to be in the racing business or any business for that matter because of really all the unknowns with what we've gone through uh with this pandemic in 2020 um of course, we have to ask the question, is this the right time for you guys to do this? And do you think this is a, a huge gamble considering our racing climate in Michigan right now? Um, I don't think that it's a huge gamble. I mean, hopefully um, the COVID-19 um, will start to dissipate and we'll be able to be operational next year. Um, and uh, I mean, it's, it's, is it scary? Yeah. Um, but I think it's totally worth it. And it's, again something that we have been working on for a while and um you know was just waiting until jim wanted to um to retire and so you know the opportunity presented itself and we felt like it was the right thing to do now tracy for those who don't know right you have some business background already um tell us a little bit about what you do for a nine to five (laughs) <laughs> well, I um, sell real estate, so I'm a broker owner of a real estate company in the Lansing area. So and, nine to five um, is not the correct phrasing. Nine to five is out the window. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nine to five does not exist in the real estate world. Um, and we're co-owners of a title company as well. And um, so we have an extensive real estate background, but... Um, there is absolutely no intention of turning the racetrack into a racing uh, or any kind of real estate development. It is going to continue to be a racetrack. Well, so I want to clear the air there. Yeah, well, and that's <laughs> a great, great point. That's a great yeah. point because there was some rumor there for a while 
that Spartan Speedway or Corrigan Oil Speedway, that that could be its future. I remember that, that there was a little bit of concern that that was going to be developmental area for the city of Mason. Um, and uh, so was this kind of, are, are you the track saving grace in a way? Are you the, 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 the reason that it gets kept out of the city's hands and, and this doesn't happen? I don't know that maybe we're the saving grace, but we are very passionate about the racetrack. I mean, um, obviously that's how Tom and I met and, um, and, you know, my family has a long history at Spartan Speedway or Corgan Oil Speedway, excuse me. And so, um, you know, our heart is definitely there and we are racers to the core. So I think that, um, you know, that's just what we do, right? Um, racing is is a passion of ours and so we're we're super excited about it now I've tr guys I, I i raced for 25 years uh at flat rock and toledo speedway before i picked up a microphone and i, I was even able to race at corrigan oil uh multiple times when it was spartan um but you know and i i have 30 some years around around racing and i don't think i would want to take a chance uh <laughs> at running a racetrack or even think I had it. Um, what's the advantage you got, you guys have, and, uh, you know, kind, kind of what direction do you want to take this thing? Well, I think that, uh, you know, everything that we've done in the past, um, you know, whether it's business-related, racing-related, uh, management-related, uh, has enabled us it, this is the perfect opportunity it's the perfect time for us so um and basically what i'm getting at is i think that you know all of our connections all of our resources our friends our family this is what we do each and every day so we're able to we're very passionate about uh racing short track racing uh, especially and you know i it, it's important to us to provide a a, a short track a racetrack that's very family focused uh, that's fun to go to, that provides great entertainment, uh, that has all kinds of entertainment. So I remember as a kid walking on to the front straightaway at Spartan Speedway with uh, one of my mentors, my hero, Jeff Finley, when he'd win a feature and I'd get my picture taken with him, you know, when I was 10 years old or whatever it may be, and just, you know, kicking my feet against the across the asphalt and feeling the sticky rubber and looking into turn one and, and the sense of excitement I got. You know, I'll never forget that to this day. And that's what I want to bring back, you know, to the racing. And I think that that's somewhat what we're missing, the hands-on approach. And, and the local heroes, I want to be able to sell T-shirts in the pits after the races and just a lot of that type of thing. And, you know, it's something that we grew up doing. So we have a lot of friends, a lot of relationships, a lot of partners. Um, you know, we just look to continue. You know, I have a saying at, at, at work, you know, 1% better every day. And that's what we're going to try and do with Corgan Oil Speedway is just continually improve and build on uh, you know, what Jim Leisure's been able to accomplish so far. And Tracy, I know um, I know you guys have it all figured out because it's been two days, right? You have everything all set up. You know <laughs> what you're going to do. Everything's all ready to go. But, uh, I mean, you guys have been around there quite a long time, know the operations. Um, do you have any plans for any major changes at the Speedway in 2021? No, I don't think we have any major plans for any major changes. You know what I mean? Um, I think that um, we'll tweak some stuff here and there, um, but most of the stuff we really want to focus on is just providing good good racing for our fans that come out 
to watch and good entertainment to the people and you know what I mean um, we just have a lot of energy and enthusiasm to, to bring to the table and um, so we're going to start there and, and work our way up just like Tom said you know 1% better every day and, um, and Jim has provided us a solid foundation um, and great systems and, and a a beautiful facility to work with, you know? Yeah, I, I absolutely love the facility there in Mason, uh, having had a chance to race there a, a couple of times myself, and Jim Leisure is just, uh, as you said, built such a great foundation there. I want to ask you, I know we've been rifling off some tough questions, uh, Tom and Tracy, and I'll let whoever wants to take this one on take it on. There's kind of a negative stigma toward former race car drivers or current race car drivers, for that matter, who decide to take on track promotership? Um, what what is your what is your take on that stigma? First off, well, you know I don't believe in I don't believe in stigmas or anything like that. You know I grew up racing quarter midgets and and, and I grew up uh, you know around the Knuckles family with Columbus and they did a fantastic job there uh, as racers and promoters. You look at what Tony Stewart's doing with everything he's currently doing. Um, you know, I don't think that there's, you know, frankly, with with Tracy and I, anything we set our mind to, I think we can accomplish. Um, you know, we work well together. Uh, we're the yin to the yang, so to speak. And, and I think that I've done a lot of racing, you know, all over all over the country in many different divisions. Been with a lot of uh, a lot of very successful racers, race teams, businesses, and I think that that's going to provide the foundation for us. You know, the, the stigma is a lot of time a racer will, will take over as a promoter and he'll use a racer's mentality. And I think that we've got the best of both worlds. You know, we have a racer's mentality, a business mentality, and a promotional mentality. And, and I use this thing, you know, that we've talked about, Tracy and I, several times. It's like the three-legged stool. You know, you've got to have, you know, it's got to be good for the racer. You know, that's one leg. It's also got to be good for the racetrack. And it's got to be good for the fans. If any one of those legs is off balance, then you're going to fail. And I think that that's what we're good at. And, and we're going to focus really on, on just trying to be really balanced and continue to grow. You, you made mention of uh, one of your mentors from the quarter midget days. Um, and maybe this, that's the answer. Do either of you have a promoter or someone that you are looking up to and going, you know what? They did such a great job with XYZ track. If we can do half of what they've done, we'll be successful at Corrigan oil. Well, I think that not not one particular track, but I think that there's a lot of things that that we look at as we as we've traveled around, um, you know, and certainly whether it's a series or a promoter, I think there's little things here and there. And, and quite frankly, we've got to, depending on the COVID stuff, you know, we've got to schedule and some plans to to travel more this year and just and just look and learn and talk to different promoters and share ideas. Um, you know, obviously we like some things Berlin does and Kalamazoo and, um, you know, the Madhouse, right. And, and it just a lot of different, a lot of different things. You know, you look at what the, the Arca, you know, with, uh, Dragger and what Schultz do, you know, at Flat Rock, that's just a fantastic, uh, facility. So, I mean, I think that there's a lot of things that you can take from a lot of different areas. Um, but you know, we kind of have our own flavor and, and, uh, you know, we certainly don't want to emulate anybody. We're going to be ourselves. And I think that, uh, you know, it it is what it is at that point. Now, my history is, you know, the track, the stars call home. I'm, I'm familiar with that, but I got to beg you, are you going to get the outlaw super late models back there? Because that was really part of their history. (laughs) 
so you know, it, it, and that's something. That, so, so here's the thing: is Jim has done, you know, the, the track, the infrastructure of Spartan Speedway. I would have to, I would have to say, go out on a limb for. It's not going out on a limb when I say this. The infrastructure of the, of the racetrack is, is the best in Michigan. It, it uh, there's maybe only a couple tracks that compare to it, and he's been able to do that by having affordable races, affordable divisions, and, and he's a good business person. Um, so, with that said, right, we are too. We believe we are too. But we also have the racer mentality where I've got a lot of friends that race super late models and a lot of <laughs> friends that have reached out to us. And, you know, we've got some we've got some folks that we're talking to as far as from a sponsorship and marketing standpoint for the super late models. And, you know, I, I can't announce anything yet, but I can tell you that our desire would be to have a, a series or certainly a super late model division at the racetrack. And, uh, you know, I think that there's there's nothing that would be better than that if it makes financial sense and i think that we're getting close to, to being able to put something together here in the near future i hope i, I love you guys already we're good uh, <laughs> <laughs> well so you know we've had quite a few outlaw super late model drivers on the show and so i don't know rich maybe now is the perfect time before they start writing any rule books to say slicks or treads <laughs> yeah Yes, guys, it's no secret. Uh, it's no secret. We have a lot of, uh, you know, outlaw super late model drivers from the region on the show. And it's no secret that because of my upbringing at Flat Rock and Toledo that I am a huge outlaw super late model fan. And and I remember we had gold, a Gold Cup race or two up there uh, at Corrigan Oil. And those were, that was some great racing up there. So that was the whole reason of asking the question. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's something that we're you know, I, I raced super late models for 10 years or so. And I, you know, as a matter of fact, I've got a brand new outlaw super late model sitting behind me, uh, an FLF car that we originally bought to run the Anderson 400, um, strictly bought that for the Anderson 400. And then, uh, the racetrack, uh, became a reality or at least an option for us. So we transitioned over to, uh, turning that into an outlaw super late model car. So, uh, obviously that would be something I would not race at Corrigan, but, uh, you know, I'm very passionate about outlaw supers myself. So um, I agree 100%. There's nothing nothing better. So now here, here comes the big question that I think a lot of folks, or a lot of Tracy fans and uh, a lot of what you guys do fans are going to wonder, what happens to that Shaheen Chevrolet number 81 modified next year? Well, <laughs> right, I've been asked that a few times already. I, I won't wait. I won't race there on a weekly um, basis anymore. I don't think that that's a... Uh, smart business decision and um and i want to make sure that uh people don't think that we have favorites or favoritism or anything like that so um from a promoter standpoint i won't race my car there maybe just um a show here and there um but that would be at best um but i will travel to owasso and springport and some of the other local tracks and certainly um you know get my addiction um fixed in there and um, support our other tracks around here. So I'll well, it still race. Wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a secret that the guy running the pits kind of has, kind of has the hots for the driver of the 81 car, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, he better. 
<laughs> oh man, Rich, way to go, way to go! You've already started it. <laughs> you, you know, you know, if, if I had to make a call, that could put me in a no-win situation. Oh, you're, 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 you're sleeping, you're sleeping on the couch, no matter what happens, Tom. No matter what, you're sleeping on the couch. <laughs> right on. You know, you guys. Not mentioned- to mention, I would lose my pit guy. You know. Oh so, yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. You know, you guys have so much fun together. That's evident. Let's talk, Tracy, about your racing career a little bit. You have a win there at Corgan. Uh, I believe last year uh, you went to Victory Lane, and uh, you've been running these modifieds for as long as I can remember, having been around uh, pavement, uh, you know, racing. And, you know, I remember watching you race at Springport and obviously at Corrigan Oil. And uh, tell me a little bit about your racing career, Tracy. Oh, I've been racing for, gosh, maybe about 18 years now um so yeah a couple wins under my belt not as many as i'd like right Mm. um but i feel like i've had a good a good solid career of it i'm not known to wreck a bunch of cars or wreck other people too often so you know (laughs) that's always good right yeah well and you know you here's what i like about you tracy is that um, you, there's a picture on your social media of you sitting alongside uh, fellow Michigan driver in front of the program, Caitlin Hettinger, at Corrigan Oil. Um, how awesome is it for you to be encouraging and empowering the younger ladies and or even the older ladies who want to get behind the wheel? You know, that's probably one of the um, most honorable things that I am able to do um, is to be known as a competitor and to be able to, um, you know, help younger people or, or other women, you know, just find their place in the sport. Um, because, you know, just as a woman competing um, in our sport, right, you automatically get uh, extra attention. And, you know, uh, some people don't want to see the girl win or everybody wants to see the girl win. Or if the girl wrecks, then everybody knows about it. But the guy could wreck, too, and nobody cares about that, right? Mm. So, um there's just uh, there's just extra pressure that goes along with that. Um, and in the early or at the beginning of my career, you know, I always went out there like I had to prove something to somebody right. because I never wanted to be known as that girl, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it just was a failure and couldn't get out of our own way. Um, and uh, and I probably was known as that girl for a little bit, but I wasn't going to give up. And you know, now when I pull into the racetrack, I'm looked at as a competitor and, um, you know, a contender. And I think that it's important for other women and girls to see that. Tom and Tracy, I want to, this is a, this is a question for both of you. And Tom, I want to start with you. What's it been like for you as a husband to watch your wife take on this challenge and, and really confront this, uh, you know, grab the bull by the horns, if you will. Oh, I think, you know, nothing, you know, as a racer, there's nothing better. You know, to have conversations at dinner talking about stagger or, you know, how the car feels coming out or, you know, whatever, whatever it may be, you know, and, and to, it's, it's our life, you know, and I think that that's really something that, you know, families that play together, stay together, mm. you know, and I can tell you having a wife, you know, and going to the racetrack and, and, you know, she used to spot for me in the CRA, for instance, right? So, we, we, it's just kind of what we do. I'm super proud of her, especially the last, I'd say three or four years, you know, when we go to Spartan Speedway, you know, on any given night, it doesn't matter to me who's there. You know, I, I feel that she's got the car to beat or certainly going to be a top three. And I'm, I'm super proud about that to see how far she's come and the feedback that she gives me. 
um, you know, it, it, uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan. So it's been awesome. Tracy, for you, what's it been like to have your husband right behind you and, and supporting you the whole way? Oh, it's fun. Um, you know, there's no bigger fan and no bigger critic than my husband. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, people that sit next to us get to see uh, the nitty gritty sometimes. And, mm-hmm. you know, if I pick the wrong lane in a, in a Watto, uh, on the Owasso option, you know, things mm-hmm. might go south in our conversations in a quick second, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's fun and, and, and it, it's a great ride, right? Um, so it's, it's been cool. It's good for our relationship for sure. We're both super competitive. So, um, so if I make a mistake, I know, and I'm already mad at myself. And then, you know, <laughs> if I make a mistake, then, you know, Tom knows what I made. Then sometimes, well, most of the time he always calls me out. And so, yeah. Now, guys, I got to go back to the business side for just a minute. Usually when we have a new promoter, somebody who purchases a racetrack on the program, we have a few listeners, let's say. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, what, uh, what kind of nugget can you throw out there? I know we know it's only been two days, but uh, somebody who's listening in, trying to get excited for 2021. Uh, what can you tell them tonight? Well, you know, I'll, I'll start. I, I think that, you know, the biggest thing is, um, you know, we just want to, we want to make sure that a racer, you know, a fan can come to the racetrack and, and have an enjoyable experience. You know, we, our intention is to, to fill the stands and fill the pits at an affordable price to provide quality entertainment. Um, you know, overall we want Spartan to become a, you know, a destination short track and, in, in, you know, in the Midwest and, and we're bound and determined to make that happen. Um, you know, we have the enthusiasm to make it do it. We, uh, you know, and, and uh, we're not going to give much like anything else in our lives. We're going to give it all of our effort, not give up till we accomplish it. So I think that that's, you know, what, what the future holds, I really can't say for sure, but I can tell you what our intentions are. And, and I think that that is all you can really ask for is to be able to provide a quality entertainment to bring back literally the track the stars call home to create some future stars. I think we have a great foundation to do it. And, uh, you know, that's what we're going to shoot for. Tracy, any closing thoughts here? No, I would, I would think Tom covered everything well on that. Well, guys, we appreciate you taking the time to join us tonight. Uh, You know, as Rich said, what an interesting time to make this decision, but exciting that someone stepped up to the plate. You know, as we mentioned, it would be very easy for everyone to just walk away and let something happen to that facility. And instead, um, you guys were there, you stepped up to the plate, and come October, uh, it'll be your full responsibility to make sure that Corrigan Oil Speedway goes off well. And that's exciting and scary at the same time for you guys, I'm sure. But we're looking forward to seeing what you can do. So thanks for joining us tonight and uh, giving us a rundown on what's to come. Thank you for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Rich. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Well, again, our thanks to the Hernleys for joining us tonight. Uh, Rich, I'm excited to see what happens at Spartan, I think, or excuse me, at Corrigan Oil. I think anytime some new life gets brought into a track, it can sometimes be a really great thing. And not to take away from what Jim Leisure has done there, but there's a lot of excitement all of a sudden around what Corrigan Oil has to offer in 2021. It is. And, and you know, Tom and Tracy, I, I already love them just because of their love for the outlaw late models. So they're on my Christmas card list now. I'm going to send like six or seven of them to them. Uh, no, it, it's fantastic. Uh, I would love to see the outlaws go back there. But this thing's two days old. We all know that. And, um, 
you know, they, they barely had had time to let the ink dry. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm sure they'll have announcements uh, throughout the fall and into the spring. This coming weekend is one of the biggest race weekends in motorsports across the country. Racing at Knoxville. Must see racing sprint cars down in, I believe, Indiana this weekend. We've got M40 presented by Galesburg. We've got Great Lakes Super Sprints. We've got Wood Tick. Nashville, Tennessee's racing with some of our MCRP crew. Rich, there is no reason not to find racing, whether it be from the comfort of your own home or if you go to a racetrack in person. So much going on this weekend. Well, I think Tri-City Motor Speedway uh, is going to be the place to go if you're a sprint car fan, Zach. Uh, the Great Lakes family of sprint cars, all of them going to be in action on Friday night. Yeah, it's going to be a great show. Great Lakes Super Sprints will headline Great Lakes Traditional Sprints, which are the non-wing variety, and Great Lakes Lightning Sprints all in action for the first time this season. All three divisions will race on the same track. You're going to see a lot of drivers playing swap seat. Will you see anybody do the three-peat? I don't know. Off the top of my head, Justin Ward, I think, is the only driver that might be able to do it. Um, so that'll be cool if someone can do that. Also, IMCA Modifieds on hand, racing for, I think, over $1,000 to win on Friday as well. Don't quote me on that, but IMCA Modifieds are in action Friday as well. So it's going to be a great open-wheel show from Tri-City on Friday. You'll be up north, though, at day one of the Wood Tick. I'll be up. I'll be covering the entire Wood Tech weekend, and uh, we'll have a good time up there. And uh, really excited for that. Uh, you know, we, we got to spend the weekend there last year. Unfortunately, you'll have to head down to Nashville on Saturday and get some work done down there. It'll be great to go down to Nashville and see what's going on. Obviously, uh, you're going to miss my friends up at, at Merritt for sure. But uh, nonetheless, Rich France will have you covered on Facebook and Twitter with event updates all weekend long. So be sure to check in with that. If you cannot make the trip, even if you can make the trip, might want to stay tuned to our social media pages for some behind-the-scenes coverage that Rich will be able to bring you. So that's going to do it for the show tonight. We had so much to unpack. Thanks for staying tuned and locked in with what we had going on. So i got to sign off, though. we got to get this thing wrapped up. So for Scott Menlin, uh, president of Motor City Racing Promotions, who owns Horsepower Happenings, for Rich France, I'm Zach Heiser. Thanking you so much for tuning in. Thanks to Tracy, Tom, and Leah for joining us tonight. Have a great Monday evening, and we'll talk next week with a whole lot of stuff to talk about one more time right here on Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings on the Motor City Racing Network. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.